0: Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio, your podcast for Sea of Thieves News. There's always something to talk about, whether it be patch notes, whether it be bugs, whether it be exploits, whether it be cosmetics that personally I find beautiful but ugly at the same time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode... Wait for it. Wait, wait for it. 69. <laughs> uh, I told you I was going to do it. I told you a couple episodes I was going to do it. So there you go. A little giggity there for your uh, episode 69. And uh, I am finally done with traveling for a little bit. And. Uh, God, it's been crazy. I haven't had my computer on for like a month. It feels like it honestly feels like forever. I, I was able to get, you know, the last episode out and things like that, but it has been insane. Um, I got back, uh, as you heard from last episode, the charity event, uh, down in Orlando, Florida. Um, if you wanted to hear uh, the, the amazing work that my team did at the uh, charity event for uh, children's hospitals, and you can listen to the, the start of last episode. Um, but right from that, I got back uh, uh, on the plane, and I immediately got a couple hours of sleep, and then I started to load a truck for a show, a volunteer show. I've, I've done lighting engineering for 22 years now, so... Um, I, uh, I immediately got off the plane, got a couple hours of sleep, and then loaded up a truck for lighting engineer work, um, uh, and I've been doing that since then. So, uh, just finished that show, outstanding show, the, uh, the students did a great job, uh, crowd absolutely loved it, two-day show in Lancaster, Ohio, and, uh, crowd absolutely loved it. Killed it was, was a great time. Um, audience loved it. And, uh, and yeah, so closes 22 years of me working, uh, that show and, uh, got everything tore down and, uh, on the trucks and back at the warehouse yesterday. So, uh, I, I am, I am tired. Um, I have, I was talking to uh, captain Logan, um, this morning and I told him, I, he's like, I haven't heard from you for a bit. I'm like, that's because I haven't been around. Um I have literally been in my house in the past month, month and a half less than I have been out of my house. And as someone who's been working from home for like 2 years, that that tells you a lot. Someone who doesn't like to go out very often, being out of my house more than in my house is is absolutely insane. So um but but now the travel's pretty much concluded for for a month or 2 months or whatever. Um You know, we're going to get back in the schedule. So, I I know I I don't think I've streamed now for a month. Uh, I think I was looking, I was updating my schedule for this week now that we're back. Uh, This week we'll be on Twitch. Well, by the time this episode comes out, we'll already be back on streaming. But uh, um, Monday, um, the ninth, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Saturday and Sunday. Saturday being Sea of Thieves Community Day, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, So, that'll be fun. But back on the normal schedule. At least for a couple weeks here, um, so podcasts should be coming out on a normal schedule, uh, not just you know. Oh, look, Davern put out a, a Pirate Talk Radio in the middle of the week. Oh, look, but Davern put out Pirate Talk Radio at the end of the week. Hopefully, we'll be back on a normal schedule um, now that now that my traveling has uh, has slowed down for a little bit. So, uh, thank you all for your patience. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I know that I, I've got, you know, emails and I've got direct messages and things from folks from the past couple episodes. Some I was able to respond to while I was on the road, but some I haven't. So thank you again, everyone, for the patience. And thank you for um, tuning in uh, and, and, and listening and, and all that stuff. So we've got uh, a, a bit to cover. Um, since the last episode, uh, we had an official Sea of Thieves podcast uh, come out. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, This was a more interesting one um, for me uh, to listen to and kind of break down. we got a lot of news, especially with Community Day coming up. Uh, And then I want to dive into and talk about the uh, Legend of the Veil, the new pirate legend voyage, which I'm going to tell you right now, I think is absolutely outstanding. Um, I, I, think they did a great job with this and I hope moving forward, they revamp some of their other voyages to be more like this. Maybe not as cinematic, right? Cause that takes a lot of work. Um, but n- at least, at least with this kind of randomized module, uh, module, uh, model, I think they really hit gold with this. And I, and I think they need to revamp some of the old systems with this. So we'll get into that, uh, in a little bit, but let's start with the news. Got a bit of news coming up, namely Community Day. Um, so Community Day will be May 14th. That's this Saturday, the Saturday following the release of this podcast. And I will be live. Um, I Usually I go live around 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. Um, but I will be sailing with Captain Logan. We'll probably have some um, other other folks with us as well. Uh, we're still determining what we want to do um, on that day, but we really want to be out there. Um, and, you know, because we, the Keelhauled Podcast has an absolutely outstanding uh, community. Pirate Talk Radio has an outstanding and growing community. And so we want to make sure we're out there so people can tune in and watch, uh, maybe while they're sailing or or if, unfortunately, if you have to work or something like that. Um, so you can tune in and be part of Community Day with us. Uh, so we'll definitely both be live, um, sailing together on our normal Saturday, uh, two podcasters, one boat, uh, and I'm sure we'll come up with some crazy and fun stuff. And it's, it's, always a laugh. It's always a laugh. Uh, Logan always tries to get under my skin, uh, which he usually succeeds in doing on something, but, uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully we've got a good, uh, uh we'll have a good community day. Um, I'm going to knock on, on, on my particle board desk here and say, uh, I hope Sea of Thieves uh, learned from their last Community Day, um, and I hope they have um, a lot of servers on backup, because last time their servers didn't exactly do so well once the day got rolling on. So um, hopefully they've got that sorted, and we're going to have an outstanding Community Day um, this time. So as far as the perks that you will get on Community Day, first off, all day from 10 a.m., to 10 a.m., so 10 a.m. BST on the 14th to 10 a.m. BST on the 15th, you will receive double gold and rep for that entire time. Um, logging in during that time, you will also receive a free flag. They did a flag last community day, uh, they're doing a flag this time, and a free emote. So make sure you try to log in at least to get your login bonuses, if nothing else. Remember, you can use the um, Xbox cloud service if you have the, um, the Xbox Gold. Um, you can use the cloud service on your mobile phone or your iPad or whatever else. If you're traveling and not by your computer or your Xbox, you can always use uh, your mobile device uh, and use the cloud service website. Log in um, at least to get your login bonus. So remember that you have that tool if you have um, the Xbox Gold uh, feature. Um, they're also doing Emporium sales and they will also be doing their IRL, uh, Sea of Thieves shop sale, the rare shop, uh, for Sea of Thieves will also have sales. So if there are t-shirts or hoodies, or there's some really cool artwork to hang on your walls, if you want some Sea of Thieves th- swag, um, there's going to be sales going on. I know I'm going to be looking into that stuff, uh, obviously to get ready for, um uh pirate uh, uh sorry not uh, sea of thieves fest in july over in england um obviously i'm going to i'm going to try to i i didn't see last time i was on the shop a zip up hoodie and i am that uh, you get me a zip up hoodie and i will love you forever zip up hoodies are my favorite thing in the world i hate pullover hoodies um, but obviously I, I will try to, uh, to, to try to drop in and, and support them uh, via that sale. The Emporium sale is going on. So if there's any Emporium items that you are uh, hoping to get your hands on, if they're in the Emporium, this would be the time to purchase. Um, so that way you can get the most bang for your ancient coin, um, you know, throw a couple bucks their way to get some ancient coin and get some of those cosmetics that have been in the, the, the store and now they'll be on sale. Now, as far as the multiplier bonus, last community day, the multiplier bonus was gold. um, And I think it got a little out of hand uh, because I think the math came down to 14 times, something like that. uh, The value of the item you're selling um, with all the multipliers and stuff. So it got a little out of hand as far as the gold this time, though. And I think they're choosing the right thing to do, um, though, everyone loves gold. uh, Obviously, there's a lot of cosmetics to purchase with gold in the game. Um, But I think they're doing the right thing as far as their season pass is concerned. The multiplier now that we will be able to unlock throughout Community Day will actually be renowned. So as um, you use the hashtag on social media, you share your videos, your screenshots, uh, whatever you're sharing out there, sharing their tweets. uh, We will be leveling up uh, the Community Day. I'm going to call it the Community Day Emissary flag. We'll be leveling that up throughout the day. And the higher it gets the more multiplier we will get on our renown. Now I already have my renown hundred done. Um, and per my, per my statement, if I get to level, a uh, hundred, I will purchase a season pass. And though there is nothing in this season pass that I remotely think looks good. I know a lot of people out there like some of the stuff, but I don't think any of it looks good. Um, Um, as far as as far as my pirates concerned or my style is concerned. Um, I did purchase the season pass, so I did fulfill my uh my seasonal my my seasonal statement to rares. If I get to to rank a hundred in the time that I play, I will I will throw the ten bucks at them and purchase uh the season pass. So I did do that. Um, but if you haven't got your season pass done, community day is gonna be an excellent time for you to knock out as much as that season pass as you can. We only have a couple weeks left in this season. Um, season seven is right on the horizon. Uh, so make sure you get in there. If there are things you want to unlock, maybe it's the, fe- maybe it's the flowered headband or whatever you want to unlock. Maybe it's the pirate legend sword um, at the end of the season pass for all you pirate legends out there, which looks cool, except it glows. You know, that's my issue with it. It glows. Um, I wish it didn't, but it glows. Uh, that That's how it goes. Um, but uh, make sure you're in Community Day doing what you can uh, to unlock that uh, renown. And if your community members out there with a hundred renown, make sure you're out there on social media if you have social media, sharing out the stuff so we can help level up. Um, that community day emissary flag, so the rest of the community uh, can take part. Because remember, this is community day. Obviously, there's going to be PvP out there. There's going to be PVE, but this is this is our time uh, each season to really honor the community. Sea of Thieves has a great community. Yes, there are outliers on all sides, um, you know, toxicity and stuff like that. Absolutely, but every game has that. Um, sea of Thieves has a wonderful, wonderful, amazing community all around, and this is our time to celebrate as a community um, and have a good time and and get some rewards out of it. So make sure you're taking part in that. Um, If you are a streamer or if you are interested in streaming, um, Sea of Thieves drops will be available for all Sea of Thieves streamers um, on the community day. So 14th, all sea of thieves streamers will have access to drops. It appears it's going to be the gilded Phoenix banjo though. It doesn't say that that is what the image looks like. Um, but it does say, uh, you know, watch for 20, 30 minutes and earn a reward. It doesn't specifically say the banjo, the banjo just happens to be the picture on the, um, the promo. So I assume that that's what's, uh, what, what the drop is going to be, but, um, we'll find out on uh, probably closer to that day or that day. Um, so if you're a streamer out there, make sure you, you, uh, you, you get live and, and have your opportunity to uh, share drops with the community. And if you're out there and you're just a viewer or, or maybe you don't watch Twitch a whole lot, get out there and support the community. If you come by my stream or Logan stream and want to hang out with us, um, but also just go out and check out some of the sea of thieves streamers that may have zero one, two, uh, up to 10 viewers, you know, give them some love and support. You don't necessarily have to throw bits or subs or anything at them them, but at least get in there and chat a little bit. And, and you really just show how awesome the Sea of Thieves community is. Um, so again, if you want to stop by, uh, the, the two podcasters, one boat stream, by all means, we welcome you. We have a good time. We answer questions, we talk, um, but also get out there and support all the other creators that are, um, are, are logged in to, uh, to enjoy having drops. So there you go. The other item that is up for grabs for community day is the infamous or the famous creator hat. Now for community day, how they do the hats is they give a lot of those hats out during community day and they are for nominations. So if you have a particular pirate, uh, maybe they put out some really cool pictures. Uh, Maybe they do some really fun media stuff on YouTube or Twitch or uh, maybe they do some really cool things out there. Um, you know, Logan with his podcast, mean with my podcast, um, captain blubber with his, uh, his, his podcast and his, uh, his hilarious videos showing up, uh, bugs and sea of thieves, whatever the case may be. If there is a creator out there, um, either on Twitch, YouTube, or maybe they just share really cool photos. Um, on Twitter and, and, you know, you see them and you enjoy their, their, their sea of thieves content, make sure that you share um, a little story about them. Make sure you retweet something that they've done and use hashtag sea of thieves, community day and hashtag be more pirate. Um, And with those hashtags, they they will be entered um, into a pool of people uh, that may receive the creator hat, the nice teal hat with the white flower um, that people from the Sea of Thieves shot competition and stuff like that. So this is your opportunity, again, to honor people of the community that may not necessarily be a big-time streamer, a big-time YouTuber, but put out some really cool Sea of Thieves content. So make sure um, if you know someone out there in your community, a friend of yours Um, or anything like that, that you feel that the stuff that they put out on Sea of Thieves is deserving of the creator hat, make sure you get out there and show off or tell about um, their content using the hashtag Sea of Thieves Community Day and hashtag Be Pirate on Twitter. And maybe, maybe you'll make their day and they will, uh, and they'll finally get a hat. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now. So Logan, I know, got a hat last Community Day. Which, well-deserving. That man has put in a lot of work uh, with his podcast over the years. Um, I can tell you this. I'm going to throw my stake in the ground and say this. If I'm nominated for uh, for the the creator hat, it's going to get to Rare and like Joe Neat's going to be like, that is the asshole that yells all the time about our game? Denied. Okay, I'm not going to get this hat. This hat is not something that Davram's ever going to have. It's not ever going to be in my equipment chest because I can tell you right now, okay, obviously Logan and I will be at Sea of Thieves Fest and I was joking with him the other day. I'm like, I'm telling you, the people at Sea of Thieves Fest have not announced us going to be there because they're terrified that if, if, if rare's create if if rare staff who wants to come to see if these fest finds out that that loud asshole Davram is going to be there, they're going to run away in the other direction. So it was a joke to start with. And then I started to think about it more deeply. And I'm like, that might actually be real that I see a thieves fest. I'm very honored that I'm going to be there. And I apologize if my presence scares off any of the rare people I'm, I don't try, it's just, that, I won't bite them, I promise. I might ask them questions about why they do certain stupid things that they do, but I won't bite them, I swear. Unless they taste good and I'm hungry, then I might, but, you know, it's a pirate's life for me, mate. So there you go. If you want to uh, nominate anyone, just know that if you nominate me, it's gonna I, rare is just gonna decline it based on principle. Okay, Davram, the storm always has to find him. The kraken always has to find him. You know, <clears throat> he gets on dead servers and he can't complete the the shrouded deep. It, it's just look, I have a black mark on me, the black spot from Pirates of the Caribbean. <clears throat> Joe Neat sprouted tentacles and wrapped his hand around my hand and gave me the Sea of Thieves black spot, okay? That's just how it is. I'm okay with it. I can live with the black spot. I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Black spot Davram. It's fine. That that can be, look, Joe, if you ever feel like I need to be a a skeletal captain in the game, you can call me black spot Davram. It's fine. I, I approve of it. You can even make him like this really dinky, weak skeleton that you just like sneeze on and he falls over just for your amusement. And that's fine. Call him Black Spot Davram, make him a one-shot skeleton that you just throw a banana at and he falls over. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. So the official Sea of Thieves podcast. Now, the official Sea of Thieves podcast this time was dedicated to talking about adventures, both the ones they've done and the one uh, that just happened, The Shrouded Deep, which if you haven't heard my review of The Shrouded Deep, be prepared. It's last episode. It's episode 68. I almost lost my voice because of of I, I was very passionate about my response to this particular um, adventure. Um, I won't go into it again. I promise. I'll save your all. I'll save all of your ears um, about it. You can go back and, and watch the last episode. Um, but I was anxious to see what they were going to talk about with adventures, specifically getting into um, pros, cons, what they've learned so far, and what they plan to do in the future. And I was quite pleased with some of the things they said, but I was also a little disappointed, um, in some of the things they said. So let's, let's just start from the top here. Um, so, uh, Mike mentioned, uh, that flame the flame story arc, which we are still in, uh, even though flame heart is not floating in the sky anymore. Um, it's obviously the story arc that we're still in. And even though this, um, Adventure three, the shrouded deep is the conclusion. I will put the the conclusion of the first three, the first trilogy of adventures. This was the conclusion, but it did not com- conclude the flame heart storyline. And according to Mike Chapman, the flame heart storyline will continue, um, but will be concluded and come to resolution by the end of this year. Um, so sometime between now and December 31st, um, we should see the end of Captain Flameheart's story art. Now... Whether that ignites into another story arc based on our choices, um, whether Flameheart's done and over with for now, um, whether you know the Dark Brethren come and 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 kind of take the center stage in in the villain um, department, we're not quite sure. Um, but Mike did say that the Flameheart side of this story arc will be concluded uh, by the end of this year. So I'm anxious to see what we're going to go um, do next. Obviously, with the Shrouded uh, Deep. We found out that Flameheart is trying to come back um, into a physical form um, some way on the Sea of Thieves, and he needs the veil. And, and one of the items that he requires for his arms race, as it is with the Pirate Lord, is the Veil of the Ancients, and it's in the Shrouded Ghost, and um, we go through that piss-poor adventure, um, and then you can lead right into the Legend of the Veil, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but I'm anxious to see where they take this next. Obviously, um, uh, Mike alluded to for a very long time now, though it seems like we're beating Flameheart, and though it seems like we're doing things um, that is going to lead to his demise and and his eventual defeat, it appears, though, if Mike said, if you go back and start following things, going all the way back uh, to Duke and the Mermaid Gems, we are playing into Flameheart's hand. And he didn't go into any more details than that. Um, he didn't really talk too much about it because he didn't want to give away anything that's coming. Um, but he said it's it's it feels like we're beating him. But in actuality, if we look at things holistically, not in like adventure, adventure. You know, not in going back before adventures and looking at that. He said, We're playing into Flameheart's hand. So it's very interesting as to what that's going to mean for this story and what comes next. Um, obviously we've seen the servant of flame, um, flame jr. Um, we know that they've got the force of this, the, the Spanish ghosts and the forts, um, on their side, obviously, um, we've got the dark brethren out there, which hasn't really been heard from or seen, uh, since a pirate's life aside from the brief moment in the, um, uh, one of the trailers, uh, where you see Wanda, um, that's with an, uh, with an A, not an O, Wanda, not Wanda, on the ship um, approaching one of the Spanish forts. Uh, so that is the first time we've really seen the Dark Brethren outside of a pirate's life. Um, so obviously they could still play in a role in this because they are not allied with Flameheart. Um, but I'm anxious to see where they go now. Um, we obviously have the veil of the ancients. Uh, it was given to the pirate Lord. We've now empowered it, uh, through the new pirate, uh, legend voyage. So what happens next? We took the weapon flame heart wants. We appear to have stopped his, um, his plans as it seems right now, but are we really playing into his hands? Are we doing exactly what Flameheart wants us to do? Um, so it's very anxious. Uh, I'm very anxious to see where they go with this, um, We haven't had our choice yet to our knowledge, to my knowledge, everything that we've done so far um, has been scripted um, and there's been no choice. And I know that was part of, of what was supposed to happen in these adventures were choices that then paint the future of the Sea of Thieves. And to my knowledge and from what I've seen, we haven't had that choice yet. Now, maybe in the next adventure, when we see that come out, maybe that's where we'll start to get our choices. Um, and, and we'll start to be able to craft the future of Sea of Thieves. Um, also, the mystery. The mystery has not been released yet, at least to our knowledge. No one's found anything to kick off that mystery. Um, so to our knowledge right now, the mystery is still not in the game. Um, and again, that mystery is supposed to be a murder mystery. A lot of us believe it's going to be um, the murder mystery of the Pirate Lord himself. We know he's Obviously dead. He's a spirit. We know that he's got three daggers in his back, but aside from that, we don't know a whole lot about the what transpired um, uh, and and what eventually caused him to die. So that's what we think the murder mystery is. But again, we don't know. We don't know yet. Sea of Thieves is a master of throwing wrenches in in everyone's plans when we speculate. Um, but hopefully uh, we'll get that mystery going soon and people will be able to theory craft and get in there and start to 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 have really fun community engagement like they did with the skeletal runes um, a few months back. So those things are still not there, but it's definite for sure that we may think we're beating and winning against Flameheart, but it seems like based on what Mr. Chapman says, we might not actually be doing as well as we thought. Um, they also were talking they brought um one of the game designers in who uh who did a lot of work with uh fort of the Damned um did uh adventure one i believe um and has now been assigned to adventure six, which based on the one two three four five six, six should be another epic conclusion to the next trilogy of adventures, and obviously, the Fort of the Damned has been a lasting thing. Um, and he worked on the original, uh, hungering deep, I believe as well. I I think they said that on the, the thing he was either that, or he was, he was working, um, for community at the time, but, um, obviously a gentleman that, um, he has done a lot of work in some of the more lasting and more impactful, um, events that have hit sea of thieves. So I'm anxious to see what he can conjure up for uh, the end of the next uh, trilogy but it is very clear that Sea of Thieves has already started to work on as far forward as Adventure 6 Um, and even uh, John mentioned that he's played a little bit of Adventure 6 so it's even at a point where it sounds to be even playable um, in their testing world their development world not the insider world but their testing world and their their development world. So I, I, I did a whole episode on what I believe was the development cycle of Sea of Thieves. And that plays very much into what I thought the development cycle of Sea of Thieves is, where we're talking right now. Season seven is right on the horizon. It's pretty much in a launch-ready state. Just final tweaks are being made. Um, obviously, season eight is well into development, probably getting to a point where it's concluding and about ready to go to insiders. Season nine is is probably in development right now, and season ten is probably moving from concept to development, um, just like we see with. With these adventures if they're already at a point now where they've got at least a little bit of playtime in on on um, adventure 6 that means 4 and 5 are already in more of a cleanup phase 4 is probably already done with last week's five is probably finishing up development, six in early stages of development. You know, the next trilogy is probably um, in the the whiteboarding phase or starting to move to development. So I think I I, I have, based on all these little nuggets that, that have been shared, a pretty good handle on what um, Rare's development cycle is. Now, speaking of the development cycle... I have brought up multiple times uh, my concerns with their development cycle and that they bite off more than they can chew and they don't have time with this very rigid schedule uh, to make sure everything is neat and tidy. We saw that with Shrouded Deep. We had a great thing in theory. And when it works, it works. But when it doesn't work, it's garbage. Um, And we've seen that across the board um, for a long time. And I, I believe... It was very telling during the podcast... Um, when Mike talked about adventure two, um, when they were talking about feedback that they've learned so far in their adventures and in adventure two, um, it says he said specifically, he felt that the original iteration of adventure two was a little too light for what they were trying to get. So they decided to add, you have to go out and find all the residents of golden sands. But unfortunately that added that RNG, um, element that, none of the community liked, unless you got really lucky. Uh, Most of us spent hours upon hours trying to find that last person or the last two people. And what Mike said, he was very transparent and honest, honest, which I appreciate. He said, we just didn't have time. When we realized the RNG element um, was there and was bad, we didn't have time to address it before the release date. And so that has been my concern for a while, is that a lot of these buggy things a lot of these things that aren't as clean right the and and let's be honest the words in the podcast came out several times classic sea of thieves i really think this just goes to the fact that they sometimes have visions of grandeur and sometimes they pay off or they pay off when things work but because of time constraints they can't make it a clean they can't make it a you know boxed in elegant solution. It's got all these rough edges and rough bits that then cause bad player experience, or they just don't hit a 100% of how they were designed. And I, I've said it for a while that I think their dev cycle with these very rigid release dates, though, I like rigid release dates because I know what's coming up rigid release dates, then allow you to not be able to make sure everything is clean, neat, and tidy when you eventually set it off into the wild blue yonder. And I think, you know, Mike was very honest about it and said, we just didn't have time. We had to get it out and we just had to say, look, the RNG element's going to be there hopefully people don't have a bad experience, but if they do, we just need to take it as a a future state. And he said that they would be eliminating, um, these harsh RNG elements for future, um, limited time content. Now, with that being said, again, we saw this exact same RNG piece with the, um, with the shrouded deep. If you watch my YouTube video on it, I sat for hours, and then I had bugs where I didn't get credit for summoning the Shrouded Ghost. And I just had a miserable player experience. And though I spent hours doing it, other playable spent twice as long, three times as long as I did, waiting for those players to come by. So, obviously, the Shrouded Deep came out probably after they had the RNG. It came out after the the RNG debacle of, of Adventure 2. But again, it was so fresh that they didn't have time to really tweak that. And they were very committed to honoring the hungering deep, which required five, you know, unique pirates in order to do. So they were very com- uh, committed to that. And unfortunately, again, in theory, when it works, it's amazing. But when it doesn't, it's garbage. In theory, it's amazing. In reality, with the state of the ser- servers and player base, it doesn't work w- well in a reality. Um, so I was a little disappointed to, to one, not hear them acknowledge that there were a lot of bad player experiences out there from shrouded deep because they, again, they went with the theory, which is great when it works. It fails miserably when it doesn't, I really wanted to hear them say, you know, we were really committed to the five. We thought it was going to work out and it was a miss. I really wanted to hear them say that. But they focus so much on the cool screenshots and the videos of people that actually completed it um, and, and, and had a positive experience. And don't get me wrong. I said in the last episode that the final fight was absolutely A+. plus. It was outstanding. It felt like Sea of Thieves. I was cheering. I was loving it. It was the lead up. It was the summoning. That was the issue. And they focused so much of their time on the, on the, on the podcast that they talked about the positivity of the end, but the end wasn't the issue. It was the lead up. That was the issue. Right. And they didn't say anything about that. They didn't talk about that. And they didn't address that. So many players had poor experience and many players didn't get it done Because of the harsh RNG element of depending on other players and understanding that most of these players crank this stuff out in the first couple days. And then week two, week three, it's near impossible to get it done. And it's supposed to be a three week event. So I was really disappointed that they didn't really uh, address the elephant in the room there. They focused on. Again, the most positive piece of it. That final fight was epic. They did an amazing job with it. The music and the cameo of Pandragon and the ghost ships and the shrouded ghost and Bell and Merrick. And it was just an amazing fight. But they didn't focus on what was the, the more critical piece, which was the lead up, which was really, really bad. Um, so I was, I was very disappointed um, that they didn't discuss that. And I think, again, Mike Chapman sums it up when he says, um, in regards to the Shrouded Deep, when it works, this is there's nothing in gaming like it. I agree. But if you have that chance of catastrophe, it's classic Sea of Thieves. And I think when he said catastrophe, I believe he was talking about potentially doing all this and getting into PvP um, and having a hostile um, interaction with another player, not a community friendly. Let's get this event um, interaction um, with another player. I think that's what he meant by catastrophe. Um, When I heard it, I thought, yeah, classic Sea of Thieves when it works, it's great. But when it doesn't, it's freaking hot, smelly garbage. That's kind of how I read it as catastrophe, because my experience with Shrouded Deep was hot, smelly, disgusting garbage. Um, I did not have the positive impact that, that so many players had, uh, because again, I didn't do it in the first couple days. So I struggled for hours trying to find people and eventually, um, had to work with, uh, um, um, some friends in a community day in order to get it. And even then it bugged out and I didn't get credit, um, for summoning, even though I was one of the five pirates there. So again, it is classic sea of thieves when it works. It's gorgeous. When it doesn't, God, it is rotten, nasty, just filth, absolutely nasty filth. So I was, again, disappointed that they didn't talk um, uh, too much or at length about um, those negative experiences and what they're going to do in the future. I get honoring Hungering Deep. It was your first big release, your first big event, your first big thing, and honoring that was great. But you always have to take in mind what the current state of the game is. And with the current state of your servers and the player base, it just was not a, it was in a, in reality, it was an event that just laid just a red carpet out for bad player experience. And that's what they got. So again, I know it just came out. Um, And they wanted to focus on that positivity. They recorded this podcast right after it came out. So sure, um, a lot of the focus was going to be positive because those were the early adopters who were able to quickly get people in there. I don't necessarily think that if they re-recorded that segment now that it's over with all the harsh feedback that they got across social media on how long it took to get things going and how they couldn't find people to do it. Um, I I think maybe we might get some words um, that were a little different, um, but we're not going to know that because they're probably not going to talk about it. it, uh, They're just probably not going to talk about it. They're going to move on to the next thing. So I was obviously incredibly critical, rightfully so, and harsh on Shrouded Deep, which put me in a very negative mindset, understanding that there was a new pirate legend voyage that was supposed to be grand and cinematic. And I was skeptical because they both released at the same time. And obviously I had a poor experience with one. And my fear was that they, classic Sea of Thieves, this one, where if it's good, it's amazing. It's the best thing in gaming. But if it's bad, it's unplayably bad. And I can say that my reluctance, my doubt, it was completely misplaced. Legend of the Veil is by far the best voyage I think Sea of Thieves has ever done. I think it's the best voyage they've ever done. It mixes the best parts of Tall Tales, the fun cinematic interactive stuff with the pirate lord on your ship and talking to you, with the best parts of voyages. And that is you get to dig, you get to talk to people, you get to solve some puzzles, you get some new maps, you get some lore. But what's the best part about this is it's different every time. Now eventually it, you you'll probably get a duplication, right? But there are so many different modules from the watery graveyard to um to finding suds on a on an island to to bell to um um finding digs and the map is literally a drawn picture of an island and you have to identify which island it is based on the picture um which by the way is challenging at times I got a map the other day um that was literally sand and a bush sand and a bush that's it It was sand in a bush. I did find it. It was in the Devil's Roar, but it was sand in a bush, and that's all I got. Um, but that's part of the fun, right? Like, think about it. If if you think about it, even though it's not a true X marks the spot map, like you know, we would think an X marks the spot would be um, from a stereotypical like pirate from a TV show, right? A couple paces this way, look for the bent over tree, you know, <clears throat> three jumps from here, do a couple jumping jacks, you know, diddle yourself across the water, jump off a cliff, swim to shore, crawl on your hands and knees, you know, that kind of stuff, right? But this adds a new element, a, n- a new fun element, a new somewhat challenging element uh to a basic X Marks the spot map. And I like that. Um, and and all these different bits are like, and, and Mike said it the best in saying they're Lego pieces. And we've got all these Lego pieces. And as you pick up the Veil of the Ancients, it selects these random Lego pieces, these modules, and builds your adventure. Now, the ending's always going to be the same, but it selects all these bits to get you to the ending. Um, and so it's always different. I have now done a Veil of the Ancients or uh, Legend of the Veil three times. And all three times have been different. Um, we I've done the digs. I've done suds and the puzzles. And I've done um, the graveyard. And they're always just a little bit different. Something is a little bit off. Something You get to learn something new. And I find it very fun. Now, there are obviously issues with this, right? Uh, I would strongly suggest, unless they've patched it out by now, That you be very careful with the ancient chests that you get um, because some of these items seem to be coded as um, tall tail items, which means once the tall tail is done, things (laughs) despawn. I have literally watched items disappear from ancient chests. So, my advice to you, if you've not experienced this yet, when you get your ancient chest full of stuff on your boat, immediately take it out of the ancient chest and make sure that you just sell the ancient chests don't use them as collector's chests even though they can be because you run the risk um, because the ancient chest is a tall tale item you run the risk of your stuff disappearing which is never fun especially since athena loot is hard to come by anyways it's never fun to lose your stuff so there are some obviously bugs that they need to work out um, but overall i love the design of this modular system I love what they're doing with the the ship graveyards. Those are so fun to explore. I love I loved the feature with the Spanish forts that you can get the loot in the 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 two locked rooms and you can have some loot But if you want to maximize your loot and gold, you need to open up all the cupboards and the boxes and and move stuff. And now they've taken that to the next level where you've got the music boxes and you've got the cupboards uh, and you have the boxes. But now you can move rugs and you can move pillows and a whole bunch of other stuff in order to maximize the amount of loot and gold that you can get while you're searching for the key in order to get your veil stone. So I think that's an absolutely excellent uh, modular system. Furthermore, um, because it's different each time, it sure beats Thieves' Haven runs. <clears throat> Thieves' Haven runs have been the the way to do Athena grinds for, well, since they came out. Um, and it sure beats that because Thieves' Haven runs, they're always the same, right? They're always the same, every single time. Thieves' Haven, Snake Island, uh, or, or Devil's Ridge, I think. You know, Thieves' Haven, Snake Island, Devil's Ridge, Thieves' Haven, done. Do another one, right? And you don't get that much Athena loot unless you're lucky, right? You get a lot of gems usually, but not a whole bunch of Athena loot. And then you've got the actual Athena voyages themselves, which are just long and beat your head against the ground, where you've got to deliver um, cargo. Um, You have to do X marks the spot and you have to kill skeletons. Um, and they just take a long time and they don't exactly give you the best rewards at the end of the day. I think they've done a great job with the reward system of legend of the veil that sure, you don't get everything, Athena loot, but you do get a good chunk of Athena loot at the end. You also get some skulls and some chests, um, <coughs> and some merchant crates, but you get the majority, you get a good chunk of Athena loot at the end and By the time you get done with Legend of the Veil, you will be Grade 5 Athena, and you can pick up your Athena Voyages. I think it's great, and I hope they don't nerf that. I know back in the day they had some issues with the Emissary system, and they made sure that you had to do two and a half Thieves' Haven runs in order to get Grade 5, and that just felt bad. Now you do one voyage and you hit grade five. So you can sell your loot at the max value and um, you can go do your, um, your emissary quest if you wish. Um, It also means there's going to be more potential as a Reaper to run into a high grade Athena uh, to get your flag commendations turned in and get some good steals in. So I think that's, I think it's excellent design there. Um, Now, when it comes to the final fight, um, I, I think they hit just about every goosebumpy good level for me on this. One, it's naval based, right? We're at a pirate game. It's seas. You've done enough of the stuff out there on the land. Now it's time to work on your naval skills. Where you've got ghost ships shooting at you and pelting you. You have to blow up Spanish forts which have risen out of the water and, and appeared through the memories of the Sea of the Damned. And you actually have to. Destroy them, right? First time we saw destructible terrain was in a pirate's life when you were destroying the big mermaid statues. And that felt epic. And that felt super cool. Now we've got um, Spanish forts that actually fire back at you. So they're, they feel like real forts. And it feels like you are assaulting, you know, a fort with cannons, giving them full broadsides and blowing chunks off their wall completely raising it to the ground. It feels exactly like it should. If you were a a naval, you know, warship out on the seas and you were bombarding a town or bombarding a fort. It feels great and you get to see it fall and then you can go get some of the supplies. Other cool thing that I give a uh, a tip of the cap to Caleb, um that's oftentimes on the Keelhole podcast. He, uh, he scienced some stuff out and found out that you could use the cannon to launch onto the forts. You can slay the uh, phantoms, which are, which are shooting the cannons at you. And if you do so, the cannons stop firing. So you can actually disarm the forts if you can get a good shot on them. There's no way for you to climb up on any of the forts. Um, from down below until they're destroyed, but you can get a cannon shot on them and disarm them by killing the people, the cannoneers on it. So that I thought that was kind of cool uh, that Caleb found. I was actually on a live, or I was actually playing off stream, um, and and he was in the Discord and he, he mentioned that he was doing that. It was pretty cool. But uh, and then you kill the three forts and then you get the big fort which has a lot of bits. It actually feels like you're assaulting a, almost like a town because uh, it has so many bits that you have to you have to blow up. And it falls to the ground and then, you know, you go on, you get your loot and you complete the quest. With that being said, because of how this was designed, um, it's really easy for a Tucker to get on the final fort once it's unlocked and wait until you blow it up and then before you can get parked they can get up there and grab your Athena chest and get on the, the the move. So what I would suggest in this is as you're blowing up the fort, make sure you're starting to slow your ship down if you can. You might take additional damage, but place yourself near that dock area um, so that way you can watch out for people who might be there to steal your loot. Um, and so you're coming to a stop there. Once you destroy the entire fort, leave the bits in the front up. So that's the last thing you have to destroy. And you're already setting yourself up to have eyes on your prize. Um, because as soon as it falls down, the loot is there and, and and it's up on the top. So it's, it's easily available to steal. And I've seen that many times and not only YouTube videos, but also on live streams um, that happening to people. So Make sure that you're getting yourself in a good position on that dock in order to protect your loot um, from the, 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 the event that you just completed. But uh, overall, I was, I was completely just blown away by how good Legend of the Veil was in comparison to how bad Shrouded Deep was, um, especially the lead up. The final fight, awesome. But that lead up just really killed Shrouded Deep for me. There was nothing. So far in three uh, Legend of the Veil voyages that has killed Legend of the Veil for me. I think it's great. I think the modules are great. I think the repeatability is is amazing. <clears throat> and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, that paired with uh, the increase in the Athena level, obviously is pushing people out there to take part in this new voyage. Um, so a lot of fun interaction, uh, either hostile or friendly. Um, can go on right now um in the Sea of Thieves. And I think, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think Rare should really look in a future season, and based on some of the the roadmap items, we may see it. I think this modular system that they used in Legend of the Veil needs to be um moved over and started to be used in Gold Hoarder voyages, and Merchant voyages, in Order of Souls voyages, to really bring life back to the older content that in my mind has fallen by the wayside, um, has kind of went out to date. I've talked multiple times about their need to refresh things like the devil's roar, um, refresh the voyages system, um, refresh the value of loot, right? Because everyone believes that an Athena, um, chest, the chest of legend steel is still the pinnacle of steals and sea of thieves. But it's not the most valuable item out there. It's not even the most rare item out there. But it's still it's still put on that pedestal. But it's not as valuable. And I really think um, over the next couple months and, and maybe throughout the rest of the year, I would like to see them take the time and use some of their season and some of their content updates to refresh some of those old systems and take them from dusty in the attic that is just kind of like, okay, we just do it because it's there and it's what we, and kind of refresh it and bring it back <clears throat> to something that's more like legend of the veil. You don't have to put all the cinematics in it. You don't have to take that time and put the cinematics in it, but adding some more interest, intrigue, making them different each time with the modular system, um, instead of just a whole bunch of scrolls, right? Making them a little different each time, I think would go a long way in refreshing some of that old stuff. And, redistributing the overall gold that's available out there. So again, taking items and pushing them to the top, making them valued based on their rarity and bringing some of the other items back into the fold to make a really good structure. Not only to make the players who earn those items through voyages feel like they got something rare and that's going to be um, very valuable to sell, but also to to really put that value on it for steals and sinks um and and those and those PVP pirates who are going after um those rarity items and those steals those epic steals um I think really just looking at the overall value of their items would be would go a long way to refresh some of the stuff um, I know Mike in the podcast mentioned that they're looking at ways of revamping the Devil's Roar moving forward, uh, because let's be honest, that place is a ghost town. The the I, I went to the Devil's Roar I think the first time in a long time when I was doing the Shrouded Deep in order to get that megalodon out there. But overall, the 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 Devil's Roar is just an avoided place. I think it really needs to be looked at revamped and 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 new systems to be put in place out there because the gold modifier of doing things out there just it, it just isn't enough anymore to get people out there um, to deal with the volcanoes and and everything else you have to deal with in the roar it's just it's just not worth it and I know that the Legend of the veil does take you out there which is a good start right let's continue to work on those modules um, with the other trading companies so we can get to a point. Uh, where the devil's roar might not be something people want to go out to, but at least it, it it's something that people do have to go out to or that people are choosing to go out to because, again, risk versus reward. The reward I'm getting back is worth the risk of dealing with the, um, the weather or the environment uh, that we see out there. Um, for those of you who were upset about the... Um, Um, about the, uh, what is it? Um, oh, the increase in the Athena personally, as someone who's played as long as I have having something now to grind, um, aside from emissary ledgers is great. Uh, I think I'm 21 right now in Athena. It's going to take me a while to get to 30 just based on my playtime. And I'm in no rush to grind it out. I'm in no rush at all. Uh, I want to enjoy it. I want to have a good time with friends and people. Um, but I think a increase in the other trading companies are coming. I don't know if it'll be season seven or season eight, um, but I have a feeling by the end of this year, the other trading companies will go up to 100. So just be prepared for that. And I think as that increases, just like Athena, we will see some sort of new voyage system in there. I'm hoping they just take this modular thing and keep tweaking it and making it better. And rolling it out to all the trade companies increase that giving people again, reasons to log in reasons to play reasons to grind out. That's what they have to do. Um, and, And again, avoid RNG elements of their adventures because they've done a great job with these adventures in theory, in actual practice. They've fallen a bit short. So I'm anxious to see what adventure number four will bring us and where we're going to go now um, after the the shroud, the the events of the shrouded deep and also the legend of the veil. Now that we have the 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 veil stones um, and the veil of the ancients, I'm anxious to see where uh, where we're going to go with this uh, and see what the next chapter of Sea of Thieves is going to bring. But guys, that'll do it for episode 69. It wasn't rage induced this time. A lot of positivity from me. It's a rare thing, right? A lot of positivity. I do not, unfortunately, have a Would You Rather this week because, again, I have been incredibly busy. Um, But if you want to take part in the Would You Rather series, hit me up on Twitter or the Discord or via email. All those uh, links and information are always in the show notes. And submit your Would You Rather. If you want examples of Would You Rathers, you can check out the previous two episodes in that segment. Would You Rather. Love to hear from you and hear what you would Pose to the community of what they would rather do or have in Sea of Thieves. But guys, enjoy Community Day. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.